Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to the morning briefing for Wednesday, July 25th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer. And coming up on today's show, we're going to speak to the past national commander of the American Legion, Dale Barnett, as well as a young man who's taking part in Boys Nation about that wonderful program. It's in D.C. this week, or just outside of D.C. this week, I should say. And it's an opportunity for 100 young people to learn a lot about not just uh, the American Legion and the veteran and military communities, but about how government works, how things work in our nation's capital. They've come in from all around the country. In fact, the young man we talked to, Joseph Pitts, came in all the way from Arizona. So we're going to talk to them about Boys Nation. And then later on today, we are going to talk to... Well, self-made man to some extent. Nick Carson's a veteran. He's also the founder and CEO of American Built, a popular clothing line. Yes, another veteran clothing line, but one that, you know, he's kind of built on himself and built on the name American Built and the connotations of it. And he's not expanded too quickly. How many veteran clothing and shirt companies have we seen go like a comet, flaming out, going away quickly? Well, American Built hasn't, and he's building on the successes that he's had and not getting too far ahead of himself. We're going to talk to him about how he says other veterans can start their own similar operations if they want to, no matter what the industry is. We'll talk to him about that and about what American Built is all about coming up in just a little bit. But first, it's time for Super Producer Jake Hughes to join us here on The Morning Briefing. Jake, how's it going this morning? I'm doing fantastic, Eric. How are you? I'm doing all right, I guess. I yeah. I'm sick and tired of this rain it's been raining for like seven days straight and i'm on vacation next week jake will be hosting the show uh looking at the weather for where we will be in connecticut as predicted right now there will be thunderstorms each and every day that we are up there <laughs> yeah i'm sorry to laugh at your misfortune but yeah, it's it's, funny. it's it's this is like i can deal with the rain for a few days but when it gets past like four straight days of non-stop rain i get angry I get angry. It's like, come on. I just want to go outside in the sun. We pay extra to live in a place that has a nice pool during the summertime. Haven't been able to use it for over a week. Just so infuriating. It makes me wonder how those lunatics who who live out in the Pacific Northwest deal with the fact that it's like that, oh, you know, 360 days a year. The yeah, the on- through once in a my while. only complaint about the rain is that I can't ride my motorcycle. Other than that, I love gray, dreary days, so... Yeah, I don't. It would be great if I were single and didn't have a child and all that stuff and I could just nap all day long. I got stuff I got to do and it's depressing and it's tiring. And I really, when it gets past four days straight of rain, that's the cutoff for me where it's like, come on, just knock it off. It's the middle of July and it's like 80 degrees and wet and rainy. My motorcycle has been sitting in a giant puddle for the last couple of days because I didn't move it into the garage and then it's 
That's just a whole thing. I'm really, really not enjoying the weather. Yeah, you want to do this, do it in the spring or do it in the fall, not in the summertime when it's supposed to be nice and we're outside. Uh, to me, it's better than sunny and 95 degrees. Well, you never go outside. Anyone who's seen the video of you doing the Army PFT can tell when they see your legs revealed in those shorts. Exactly. Your body has never because seen the sun. Through the few times I do go outside, it's miserable and it's hot and it's nasty. So I like to stay inside. And then when it's cold and rainy and awesome, I well I also like to stay inside. Yeah, so it doesn't that here's what you're saying. It doesn't make a difference what the weather is to you because you'd rather be inside. I'd like to be able to go outside or just not be wet constantly and and miser and have to wear a jacket and all this. It's supposed to be 90 degrees. It's the summertime. I don't want the rain. I don't want this crap. Get it away. Get it out of here. That's kind what of, I'm saying. Kind of weird person that you wants to go outside. I have a five-year-old who wants to go to the pool. We can't go to the pool because it's rainy. They've shut down the pool for the last week because of the weather and stuff. Thunder and wind and rain. It was raining so hard yesterday. Here's the other thing. It seems to me, and I don't know why this happens. Here's an example. When I had a flat tire this weekend on Sunday, I go to fix the flat tire on the way to uh, the tire place to get it done at AAA pouring couldn't see as we drove i'm driving on a tire that's filled up with fix a flat it's barely got the rim off the ground now i'm dealing with uh, pooling water and flash floods and heavy rain and wind and lightning and thunder we pull in when we leave with fresh tires yeah the sun's back out <laughs> yesterday i get home and i'm like oh good because i have to take the garbage out i got a couple other things to put over by the dumpster it's fine Two minutes away from home, it starts pouring and it doesn't stop until I go to sleep. I mean, it's 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 just it's infuriating. It's infuriating. I don't like it. I don't like a lot of things, though. Jake, on the other hand, he likes a lot of things that have to do with, well, the geekish and nerdly pursuits, as do I. But Jake has been paying close attention to what went on at San Diego Comic-Con, which is finally over now. And it looks like there were some interesting things coming out of Comic-Con that you wrote about on ConnectingVets.com yesterday, Jake. So looking back over the uh, the latest Comic-Con, what was the biggest surprise to you, the biggest thing you didn't expect? Well, see, here's the thing. Not a lot of surprises because these people – these people, the 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 studios and stuff, tend to broadcast, tend to hint at what they're going to show, and there's other things you can typically or know they're going to see. Like we knew we were going to see an Aquaman trailer because it's just time, and this is the time of year when they actually reveal all their big stuff. Right. So not a lot of surprises, but a whole lot of really cool stuff. To me, the most exciting one, honestly, was Glass from M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. That's not his name. I know, but I like to say it anyway. That's 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 awful. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Anyway, but yeah, it's the one that brings together uh, Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson from Unbreakable with James McAvoy from Split. Yeah, and it's just sort of like a little mini cinematic universe that M Night Shyamalan has built, and based around the city of Philadelphia. Yeah, and it's like to me, it looks like. It's gonna be. This is one of the few times in recent history when I've been actually kind of hyped for a Shyamalan movie. 
Well, his, his those two movies, Unbreakable and um, Split. Split, I would say, are the two best that he's done. The Sixth Sense, like, oh, it had a great twist that nobody saw coming at the time unless someone told you about it ahead of time. Um, a few people, I guess, saw it. It also had uh, Donnie Wahlberg in his underwear. Uh, yeah, incredibly skinny. That's a, that was funny, that yeah, was funny to me because he's a buff guy, but he lost like 40 pounds for that yeah. two minutes of screen time. He's he's uh, Donnie uh, Wahlberg, uh, the less famous now of the Wahlbergs, which, boy, who would have predicted that when he was uh, leading new kids on the block uh, across <laughs> across every lunchbox in the uh, the elementary school uh, 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 cafeteria. But Donnie Wahlberg's actually turned out to be a fairly decent actor. He was also in, I think it was Ransom with Mel Gibson. He played one of the kidnappers uh, as kind of the not very bright kidnapper and was pretty good in that. He was also in Band of Brothers. As, yeah, really good uh, in that. Yeah, uh, First Sergeant Lipton. He was excellent in that. Carwood Lipton was the name of the actual guy. Donnie Wahlberg did a great job of playing him. Um, of course, anyone who watched the movie split, was it a post credit scene or just an end of the movie scene where they were showing a TV report of you know all this stuff that had been found of the, uh, if you haven't seen the movie split, it's a very good movie that you should check out. And it ended up showing uh, um, Bruce Willis Bruce Willis in his character from Unbreakable. So essentially, he's a superhero in Unbreakable. Unbreakable is kind of a, a realistic superhero movie, I guess you could say. And then Split introduces this, uh, this evil monster villain, whereas Samuel L. Jackson in Unbreakable is kind of the... Uh, the, the arch nemesis. Yeah, the master the planner. planner. Yeah, all that stuff. So that'll be interesting. Were there any other things that stood out to you from there? I know there's some new movies like the new Fantastic Beasts movie, which is, again, kind of a prequel to the Harry Potter universe. Walking Dead official trailer. Um, what's going to be a big season for The Walking Dead because a few of the main characters have announced that they are leaving yeah rick grimes is going to be leaving the show after also nine seasons. uh what's her name lauren cohan who plays uh maggie i think i read something about she may be done this season too so yeah they may be losing a few of the main characters and there's always year. talk of uh coral and uh what exactly he's going to be doing if he's going to be like leaving to go to college or if he's going to stick around the show we don't know yet carl the kid yeah he was killed last season so oh, he i was? don't think he's going to be back yeah oh i didn't even know that <laughs> He died uh, last season. Yeah, he's he's gone. No more Carl. Yeah, that was huh. that was big news last season. Oh, so well, sorry. So now you know uh, one that I really liked on there, and this has got kind of a military bent to it. Orville, the Orville yeah. on Fox, which is uh, Seth uh, MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy and American Dad, his love letter to Star Trek, uh, specifically Star Trek: The Next Generation, but really, I think all iterations of Star Trek. A fantastic show that I was really hoping that there would be a second season of that show, and it looks like there will be. Um, it is uh, yeah, basically just kind of uh, doing the Star Trek The Next Generation thing with a sense of humor and uh, and really goes kind of extreme. With yeah, the I describe cases. it as uh, Next Generation satire made with love. And I also, in my review, said this show is better than it has any right to be. Like, if you had yeah. told me Seth MacFarlane making a pseudo-parody of one of my favorite TV shows, I'd have been like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah, but here's but the in, thing. And it ended up being really good. If you, if you watch Family Guy, any of the episodes where the Star Trek cast takes part, and there are many episodes where they do, they're recurring characters, uh, it is 
very clear that he holds Star Trek The Next Generation in very high esteem and also knows a lot about of it a lot about it when those characters appear on family guy there's a lot of in jokes that are going on there between all of the uh, the characters you know a lot of wesley crusher bashing and stuff yeah. like that shut up wesley there is um yeah it's it's a fantastic show and then it looks like uh slipknot has a new video oh wait no that's a new tv series based on the movies the purge meh yeah, not interested personally. Supergirl, uh, never seen it. I know that it's a, a fairly popular show. Yeah, it's supposedly really good. Supposedly. And, yeah, and the big news this season is that there's actually going to be, at some point, going to feature TV's first transgender superhero. This is one of those shows where I've, I've, I don't know anybody who watches it. I keep hearing about it, but I don't know anybody who watches it. That's, it's one of those interesting things. It's a popular show, critically, and with certain people that, that, you know, like celebrities that I know of, uh, like Kevin Smith is a big fan of Supergirl. I think he directed a few episodes of one season. I personally don't know anyone who watches it. Though. Yeah, it's the same with all this, the CW's little DC universe, you know, with Arrow, Flash, Small Legends Bill, of Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And the new Star Trek show, which uh, I'm not... Uh, don't you have to pay for like the CBS all access yeah, you thing do. to watch it? So unless you have like a a, a fire stick that's uh, jailbreaking, jailbroken, then you can watch it free, like I do. Wow, guess what? CBS uh, going to be coming for you soon, Jake. Well, yeah. Or, the other uh, the, the estate of Gene Roddenberry looking for their yeah. three bucks a month. The other new thing that I was surprised we actually saw was Matt Groening's uh, Disenchantment. Hmm. Which is you know from the Simpsons creator Matt Groening, and it's basically him taking shots at the fairy tale genre, very girl power. But to my mind, it should have been you know it should have been a revival of Futurama because everything should be a revival of Futurama. They've done it. Then they came. Futurama came back, did a few movies. Ah, I think that's that's done. Just leave it alone. But yeah, it's a lot of interesting stuff. There's a new Godzilla movie that's going to be coming out that has. Uh, What's her face? Number 11 from uh, uh, Stranger Things is in it. Millie Bobby Brown, the little girl. Um, Shazam, a superhero that I don't know anything about. Yeah, Shazam was always like a kid's power fantasy because it's about a little boy who can say the word Shazam and turns into this big buff superhero. Right. And so it's always been that power fantasy. And it looks like they're going to be playing up the kid-friendly humorous aspect, which that's what DC needs. And that was the other thing I said in my review of the uh, Aquaman trailer, is it's a DC movie that's not going to be dark and gritty. It seems like they found their funny bone, which is exactly what this little universe needs. Yeah, could be interesting to see. Uh, Zachary Levi, who I know best from, what was it, Chuck? I yeah, think. Chuck. Yeah, he played Chuck. Yeah, he got seriously, it, unless he's wearing a body no, suit. No, he's wearing a body suit. Oh, okay. He is, not, he is not built like The Rock now. That didn't happen. <laughs> okay. Just like uh, Lee Pace from Pushing Daisies, who played uh, the guy in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. He was the big bad guy, which a lot of people didn't realize that was him until after. I didn't realize it was him until afterwards. He was also wearing a bodysuit. He did not, you know, put on 150 pounds of muscle. Taking a look around the ConnectingVets.com website, top story of the day, President Trump getting political at the VFW National Convention. I don't know if that surprises anyone. I uh, talked about Robert Wilkie course now uh, has been selected to lead the va overwhelmingly approved by the senate um he talked about the party lines uh, separated behind wilkie's vote and how there were nine people who voted against him nobody else uh 
nobody else in the history of 30 years of VA secretaries has ever had a single vote against them. He had nine against him, which were all across party lines. Again, we said it yesterday. If you took a guess at which senators would have voted against him, you'd probably be pretty close. You'd probably be pretty close. I mean, there were people who've been kind of outspoken against him, which included Bernie Sanders uh, saying at the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee that it wasn't he wasn't really voting against Wilkie. He was voting against President Trump. Well, that's not what this vote is about. The yeah. vote is about Wilkie. Anyway, it's political, you know. It's uh, and those are, uh, I believe, all of those nine, or at least the vast majority of them. And the president pointed this out yesterday at the VFW convention. Uh, are all running for office? This year, they're up for re-election, and because of that, they basically can't be, in their eyes, they can't be seen as supporting anything that the president does, or their voter base might toss them out. Talked about political races over there, the America First foreign policy, again, somehow controversial to put America first <laughs> to Americans. I don't get it, but okay. Um, yeah, weighed in on the NFL controversy, talked about the Korean Peninsula, Um the North Koreans apparently are dismantling a key nuclear site. Uh, there is satellite imagery of this nuclear site being taken apart. What does that mean? Who knows? The North Koreans are known for subterfuge, and they're known for being very, uh, well, what's the opposite of transparent? Opaque yep. when dealing with things. Uh, it's 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 hard to say. Unemployment level, veteran unemployment level, he said, fallen to the lowest level in 18 years and uh, guarantees within a month or two that 18 years ago will be a much higher. So basically saying that veteran unemployment is going to keep getting better. Talked about ICE. Also talked about the media. And I saw, you know, we're we're members of the media, Jake, yeah. whether we want to be or not. Uh, we do this show. Then we also write articles for ConnectingVets.com on a number of things. Uh, not... Uh, for me specifically, not the newsier articles for the most part, um, although my recent one on uh, Nick Francona, who was fired by the New York Mets, and uh, his uh, claim that it was basically pressured by Major League Baseball for him asking questions about military theme sales. What I saw from a lot of people involved in uh, the, the military press, or, or I should say a satellite to the military press, some of them who aren't in there, saying that he was hammering the press and you know the people that cover the, the he was hammering the media that's there to cover the vfw convention maybe i don't know exactly what he means when he says things sometimes but to me it sounded more like he was going after the white house press corps and the uh, presidential press corps that follows him everywhere he goes i don't think he was specifically aiming it at uh, the veteran uh, media and the military media and stuff like that what I can tell you is that later on this week, we're going to have one of the foremost names in veteran media. That, of course, is Leo Shane III, the Veterans Issues reporter from Military Times. He's going to be joining us on the show on Friday. We're going to have a lot to talk to him about. Uh, I don't know if we'll talk to him about this story coming from Navy Times, but there is a Navy chief who's been charged with assault and battery, Jake. Take ah. a guess why. Take a guess what would happen to lead to a Navy chief being charged with assault and battery. Uh, Being drunk? No, doesn't appear that he was. This this appears that it happened in the middle of the day. Uh, Maybe some, <laughs> some lower enlisted mouth off at him. Ooh, 
Well, someone younger, certainly, but not someone old enough to enlist yet. You see, this Navy chief was at a youth soccer game where his son was playing, and apparently his son got into it with another young player, a 14-year-old, and this chief engineman named Jordan Lee Grinnell, who's 38 years old, decided, I'm going to handle this, charged in there, and beat the bejesus out of the 14-year-old <laughs> soccer player, uh, took him to the ground, began punching him in the face. Uh, you know, this is a 17-year Navy veteran. He's originally from Colorado. He was given a bond. Uh, he's slated to go to trial on October 4th. The Navy Times says they attempted to reach his command, but Navy Recruiting District Richmond did not answer them. Yes, Ooh. that's right. He works in recruiting. And with that rate, I'm going to go ahead and assume that he is a recruiter there, unless he works in the um, uh, the processing office, basically, because there are certain people who go to Navy recruiting districts and to do a specific job. Myself, for example, I was a public affairs officer. There are yeomen and personnel men that go to do the admin stuff. Everybody else that there are supply people, SKs that go store us, uh, ship storekeeper, that, that whole kind of thing. They go to do the supply issues, but they, um, they, there are other rates there. If you have a rate that's basically not a supply rate, an admin rate, or a public affairs rate, you are there to be a recruiter or work in recruiting in some way or another. So a recruiter goes out and beats up a 14-year-old at a soccer game. Boy, that's going to look good on the Join the Navy. See the world. Explore new places. Beat the crap out of little kids. Work for a guy who beats up children. This is a chief, too. I mean, this is someone who... uh, Boy, you wonder what's going to happen to him. But listen, chief petty officer in the United States Navy is a rank that is afforded, uh, I would say, more respect than any other enlisted rank that's not at like the command level. That's not a command master chief. That's not a you know, it's a master gunnery sergeant or is command sergeant major. Chief is like its own thing. It has its own place in the cultural lexicon. They wear different uniforms after they get promoted. They go through a whole process after they're selected there's like a two-month initiation period i don't think they call it an initiation but oh look it's eli crane there he is on fox news Our hey, friend eli crane, founder of bottle breacher and long live the veteran brotherhood doing his thing on there with his lovely wife so good to see him uh uh on getting some national exposure there's a whole bunch of people up there so looking good eli um you know the the thing is the uniform doesn't make the man or woman and we all know that yep. there are bad apples at every level there are admirals and generals who are not good people there are colonels and navy captains who are not good people there are chiefs senior chiefs master chiefs oh look and there's street shares is that mar it doesn't look like him if it is no it's not it's somebody else anyway doing a whole uh national today is national hire a veteran day i, I did not know that, that but Fox News has it on there. So Street Shares, Vet Found a Vet Run, they're one of our friends as well. I've had them on the show. So, um, you know, when we talk about the uniform, it makes me, and people say like, oh, he's a Navy chief. And they talk about it in these reverential terms, which the rank has uh, a certain amounts of reverence. But again, the individuals. I worked for a chief on board the USS Saipan who uh, did not eat in the chief's mess with the other chiefs. They didn't want him around, as, as I was told. He was barred from the chief's mess for things that had happened on a deployment, which is a big deal because chiefs have their own place to eat and relax. They bring their own food on board. They don't even eat the same food that everybody else does. It's it's a very uh, it's it's a unique thing in the military that you just don't really see anywhere else. This guy was barred from there. People would come into our office. I was an E five at the time, so petty officer second class. He was a, a chief. 
And people would come in and talk to me and just ignore him. Like when asking questions, they just didn't want to talk to him. And then later on, uh, he's in prison for the rest of his life now <laughs> after trying to murder his uh, his ex-wife. Uh, apparently, they had uh, had split up. He was with his kids, took them for the weekend, and when he went to bring them back on a, on a Sunday or whatever, uh, told them to wait in the car, parked in front, grabbed a baseball bat out of the back, rang the doorbell of the house where his, uh, his ex-wife was living with apparently a gentleman and his family, and uh, then proceeded to beat a 15-year-old girl in the face with the bat and do some other stuff. Eventually, they, they got him. He didn't kill anybody. He just ruined a couple lives. And again, an example of, like just like this guy in, in, in Virginia, the guy who worked for Navy Recruiting District Richmond, Chief Jordan Lee Grinnell, 38 years old, arrested for beating up a 14-year-old at a soccer game, which is just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know... I don't even know how to how to really address that. Who thinks that's okay? I mean, a 14-year-old who's attacking you? Okay. A 14-year-old who is attacking your child physically, like an assault? Okay. A 14-year-old who is playing a soccer game and maybe played a little rough with your son? That makes you run out there. Now... We don't have the details on exactly what happened. I mean, if this kid, like if his son was on the ground and the kid stomped on his head with his cleats, okay, that's one thing. But uh, we don't have anything saying that happened. All the detail we have now is that a 38-year-old Navy chief petty officer rushed onto a youth soccer field to beat up a 14-year-old for bumping into his son, as far as we can tell. So just unacceptable. What is acceptable, to say the very least, is ConnectingVets.com. Entercom's ConnectingVets.com is connecting vets every day. We're doing it through a variety of content that we have aimed at helping you and us, the veteran community. That's right. Each and every member of our team knows what it's like to have worn the uniform and knows what it's like to have taken it off for the last time. Go check out ConnectingVets.com for the best veteran news, information, and benefits. In fact, we've got a brand new Benefits in My Backyard section that just came out for New Mexico. So if you're living out there in Santa Fe or Alamogordo or White Sands or wherever the heck you might be, go check it out. And stay right here, because coming up next, we are going to talk to the American Legion about Boys Nation. And later on in the show, Nick Carson, founder of American Built, is going to tell us how he built up his business. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. Morning Briefing, back after this. We're CBS Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets every day. Online and all over social media. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. At Connecting Vets. Welcome back to the morning briefing on Entercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting Vets Every Day is our slogan, and it's what we do. Our entire team knows what it's like to have worn the uniform. Just as importantly, we know what it's like to have taken it off for the last time. And that's why each and every day, we spend our time looking for information that can benefit you, the veteran community. Whether you're a veteran yourself, the family of a veteran, the friend of a veteran, there's something for you at ConnectingVets.com. Whether it's a news story, audio, video, we've got all of that and more. And the best way to be kept up to date on the newest, latest, and greatest items going up on the website, 
follow us on social media. We are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Our next guests are currently taking part in a very special program that takes place in Washington, D.C. each year through the American Legion. We're talking, of course, about Boys Nation. And here to talk to us about it are Dale Barnett, past national commander of the Legion, and Joseph Pitts, a young man who's taking part in the program. So good morning, gentlemen. How are you both doing today? We're doing wonderful, Eric, and it's a pleasure, and thank you for having us here on your uh, radio show. And I've got an outstanding young man from Arizona, Mr. Joseph Pitts uh, from Phoenix. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Well, it's a pleasure having both of you. And Dale, first, let's talk a little bit about Boys Nation from the American Legion's perspective. As a past national commander, obviously you're very familiar with the program, as am I, but some people aren't. So a stranger on the street walks up to you and says, Dale, what exactly is Boys Nation? What do you tell that person? Well, it's a practical study of the federal government. It involves two representatives or two senators from each of the 50 Boy State programs. Uh, we have volunteers from across the nations that helps us uh, work with the, the students to foster patriotism, understanding of government, and development of leadership through this week-long program here in Marymount University in, uh, in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, some of the uh, delegates come to us from wide backgrounds, diverse backgrounds across the nation, but we emphasize the elective democratic process. We uh, participate in legislative and bill writing activities. Uh, we also allow the delegates uh, in a variety of situations to develop their individual skills of speech writing, pub, uh, public speaking, and they also form uh, party platforms in two political parties and run for president and vice president as well as members of the Senate. In fact, we're dead in the middle of that today. That's really, it's such an impressive program that teaches, uh, you know, the participants so many things. How long has Boys Nation been around, Dale, and do you know where the idea originally came from within the Legion? Well, the original Boys Nation program began in 1946, of course, in the aftermath of World War II. And uh, we originally started our program here in Washington, D.C. at American University. And from 46 to 51, it was held at American University. And then from 52 to 1967, it was held at the University of Maryland. And at 1968, we were at Georgetown. And then uh, also uh, uh, we came to Marymount in 1986. And we've been here at Marymount. It's a great location for us to conduct because it's so close to the district and government offices and, of course, Arlington National Cemetery. So they've been a great host for us since 1986. We're talking about being there for over 30 years now, 32 years at Marymount University, of course, right outside of Washington, D.C. And, Joseph, when you hear about that, 30 years at that location, the history of the program going back over 70 years, how does it feel to be able to participate in a program like Boys Nation? Well, it's truly just an honor because, like you said, this program is so old and it's so cherished and it's so honored, and there's been so many uh, like alumni of this program that have gone on to do great things. And so I'm, frank, quite frankly, just extremely honored to be here, and it's just an amazing experience to uh, be a part of. 
it's an honor to be there, but tell me, Joseph Pitts of Arizona, what made you, sitting out there in the desert, decide, I want to go to Washington, D.C. and take part in Boys Nation? What was it about the program that really spoke to you and made you want to be a part of it? Yes, sir. So when I was in my sophomore year, uh, I had a really good history teacher who uh, talked to me about the Boys State program in my own state and about uh, the valor and all of the things that went along with that. And so I ended up going to Boys State because I was really interested in how our government worked and how I could personally work uh, to serve my country uh, and to serve her interests. And um, when I got to Boys State, I met some of the greatest friends and I was just inspired to run for whatever I could. And somehow I made it here. You know, I think it's going to be heartening to some in the veteran community to hear a young person talking about things like that and having, uh, you know, the, the, the sense of importance when it comes to topics like this. Do you think that's something that's more common than people realize in people of your age? Because I think a lot of us old folks are sitting here thinking, ah, the kids are just worried about Snapchat and Instagram. They don't care about anything like this. Do you think we're wrong when we think things like that? Well, I certainly have a lot of friends who do believe in our country and its exceptionalism. And definitely here at Boys Nation, I have 99 other people who believe the same thing. Um, I think that there are a lot of people in my generation who take America for granted uh, because we've never seen a time or had to face a conflict, uh, at least while while we're conscious, uh, of a time when America wasn't great or didn't face national security crises. And so... In all honesty, I think that you're not wrong in assuming that there are many young people in this generation uh, who do not value patriotism, but I do believe that there's a great amount of people, a great amount of people that I would almost say are a majority that believe in this country and are willing to put their lives on the line to defend this country. We're speaking with Dale Barnett, past national commander of the American Legion, and Joseph Pitts, a young man from Arizona, who are both taking part in Boys Nation, American Legion's annual wonderful event that basically speaks to the things that they've been telling us about. Patriotism, understanding government, learning about how things work within this country. It's being held at Marymount University, just outside of Washington, D.C. Dale, how heartening is it for you to see these 100 young people who want to be a part of this, and there were even even more who wanted to be. Of course, there's there's limited space in the program. How does it make you feel to see them coming here with uh, such bright-eyed optimism on this amazing program that you guys run? Well, Eric, I got to tell you, it, it, it it's like getting a shot, a, a recharge of your battery of life. Uh, these kids come here. Uh, I'm, I've got the, the two-party platforms that were produced in the last couple of days, and uh, the, the detail that they have of issues that are impacting the youth of America uh, gives me great uh, confidence that our nation is going to have great times ahead of us because we have great young people who, as uh, Joseph was saying, that love their country. Uh, and, And we don't hear that much about that in the media. So our staff is very dedicated and and, and that we just enjoy working with these young people and just being around these 100 young people, you get a sense of enthusiasm, it recharges your batteries, and it makes you proud that, that we're in the greatest country on earth.
It certainly does, uh, at least in my opinion, and certainly in the opinion of the uh, the young men who are taking part in the Boys Nation program. Uh, you know, Dale, when he when when Joseph talked about the other people who've gone through the program and gone on to do great things, can you give us a little bit of that background on who some of the people who have participated in Boys Nation and gone on to become household names in this well, country are? Boys Nation and Boys State. I mean, it, it's an incredible list. Of course, at the top of that list was past national uh, president. Uh, Bill Clinton, who was uh, the year that John F. Kennedy was uh, president in a very iconic uh, uh, photo. We've got uh, currently uh, Governor Scott Walker from uh, Wisconsin, who is a graduate of the program. Uh, our, our Boys State program in, include uh, people like Tom Brokaw from NBC News, uh, Dick Cheney, uh, sports figures like Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, we have a smorgasbord of uh, fantastic alumni, and we really do form an alumni association uh, and a networking with those previous graduates. And if a young man wears a Boys State shirt or a Boys Nation shirt, either on Capitol Hill or, or in their individual states, uh, people will come up to you and say, I went to Boys State, and some of them in 1950. And they remember the experience that changed them. And we like to say that that Boys Nation is a week that shapes a lifetime. And it truly does. That week is taking place right now. We're speaking with Dale Barnett, past national commander of the American Legion, who, of course, runs Boys Nation. And Joseph Pitts, a young man from Arizona who's one of the 100 youths taking part in the event. Joseph, so far, what has been the most impressive thing about a Boys State and Boys Nation to you? What what has really stuck out as far as the experience so far? Well, one thing that I really took for granted, uh, I guess, coming into this was that as young people, we can actually come together and get things done. Uh, I think, and I actually thought this before I entered into the Boys State, especially the Boys Nation program, that often young people are disorganized and that they can't really get things done. But at Boys State and at Boys Nation, we were able to basically function through parliamentary uh, procedure and through Robert's Rules of Order and through Senate Senate special procedure. And we were able to draft platforms, uh, debate bills, uh, and do all these different things. And we end up with these really in-depth platforms and these really... Uh, interesting bills uh and i just think the collaboration that's taken place and boy state and at the boys nation level uh has humbled me to say the least well and that's a good thing to hear again that that you understand the 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 size of all of this has that been the biggest takeaway for you is is how much goes on on both the state and national levels within politics and organizing and all of that stuff is that the biggest thing that you've learned here is there something else well, I certainly think that that is a big thing that we have learned here. But I think another thing, and I think uh, probably more existential, is that I've learned that it, while the media and while other organizations out there, while it looks as if like a lot of our young, a lot of our young population is beginning to not respect America, I think that coming here and meeting with such great people um, has proven to me that so long as there is that flame of hope, that there is hope for America, and that America's brightest day is always ahead of us. You know, Dale, I don't know about you, but when you hear someone like Joseph talk the way that he does about the things that he does, it seems like he's doing a little bit better job of things than I was when I was his age. When you think about that, when you think about how young the people taking part, the young people taking part in this uh, Boys Nation event are, does that speak to you as far as, you know, we're looking pretty good for the future? 
Well, I will tell you, as I look over their their products, their platforms, uh, look at the bill book that we have, and of course, we provide that bill book, and they'll be going up to Capitol Hill uh, on Thursday to meet with their U.S. senators or, or, or the office of, of their staff, and, and they have something to bring to the table. They have ideals that, that on certain things. And oftentimes when they get with their U.S. Senators uh, on Thursday, on Hill Day, uh, they will go over their platform and they'll talk about specific planks and specific items and the view of something that may uh, be hotly debated, such as immigration, national defense, uh, suicide prevention, uh, gun control, and, and to get the viewpoint. And, and I think a lot of our political uh, policymakers uh, really enjoy sitting down and talking with these very, very talented young people and to get their views because they can put it and articulate it in a way that's just the best for America. And I'm certainly enjoying speaking to one right now as we're speaking with Joseph Pitts of Arizona, who's taking part in Boys Nation, as well as Dale Barnett, past national commander of the American Legion, who runs the event. Joseph, when you think about sitting down with the staff and the senators from your home state of Arizona, Senator Flake, Senator McCain, their their staff members, what are some of the questions or what's the big question that you'd like to ask of the senators from your home state? Well, to be quite frank with you, I haven't really thought it over, but thinking about it, I think one of the big things that our country faces right now are veterans issues. And seeing as we just did nominate and uh, pass the Senate, a new nominee and a new secretary of the veterans affairs administration. Um, I think I'd really like to discuss with them veterans issues as I come from a family uh, with some veterans in it uh, from world war two and from Korea. And so I would really like to sit down with them and figure that out. I know Senator McCain, although he might not be on the Hill uh, this Thursday has discussed VA choice programs with a choice card. And I'd like to discuss that with Senator Flake and with some of our uh, congressional uh, delegation, if I have the chance, uh, just to see what the opportunities are, uh, what we can do, and what is the most effective way that we can make sure those who have put their lives on the line for our country uh, can get proper medical care. Wow, you're operating at a much higher speed than I was at your age, sir. I mean, I wouldn't have even known who the secretary of the VA was back then. You know that one was just passed through yesterday. So uh, very impressive there. And Joseph, one last question for you on Boys Nation is if, you know, young people out there maybe in high school thinking about maybe taking part in Boys State or Boys Nation, if, if you were to talk to someone who's on the fence, why would you tell them that they should take part in this program? Well, this program for me, uh, is more than something about even civics or even trying to get involved in politics. It's about making connections that are going to last a lifetime. It's about meeting people who are going to make a change. I know a lot of people here who, even though this is a government program, it's a civics program uh, in, in some respects, want to be surgeons. They want to go and pioneer in the medical field. They want to be scientists. They want to be the pioneers of their field, the trailblazers, the dreamers. And I think that those on the fence should definitely consider it and definitely just go for it because even if you're not interested in politics, you don't think politics is for you or you don't think civics is for you. It's more than that. And I think when you really start to come here and to experience it and to make these long lasting friendships, you realize how much more it is and really how much more respect you gain for our country and for our countrymen. 
Dale, if people want to find out more about Boys Nation, if there are legionnaires out there who want to get involved with the program on the state or national level, or people who want to make sure that the, all the young people who they think might be interested in it know about it, where can they go to find out that kind of information? Well, if they go to www.legion.org, uh, there's a pull-down for Boys State and Boys Nation. Of course, to get to Boys Nation, you have to have the first criteria is you go to a Boys State program. And on legion.org, uh, they can find out all sorts of programs that the American Legion is involved with that helps our youth of America, our, our high school oratorical contests, our baseball programs, uh, our junior shooting sports program, uh, Boy Scouts. We support a lot of Boy Scout groups. But the American Legion does believe in, in helping veterans, helping the youth of America, helping our community. And, and we want to try to foster that, that ideal to all Americans, and, and especially to our veterans. We would love for you to, to join us in our efforts to, to make our communities and our nation a better place for all. We've been speaking with Dale Barnett, past national commander of the American Legion, about the Legion's Boys Nation Boy, yeah, sorry, Boys Nation program, along with Joseph Pitts, a young man from Arizona who's been taking part in that program, which is taking place out at Marymount University outside of Washington, D.C. this week. Dale, Joseph, thank you so much for your time this morning. We greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you, Eric, for having us, and uh, we, we enjoy uh, talking about our program greatly. Thank you. As I pointed out in the interview there, Jake, it is uh, heartening as an old guy, and I, I think I now qualify as an old guy, particularly uh, to someone as young as that young man there, Joseph Pitts. It's heartening to see that there are young people who do care about things like this because it's easy for you and I to look at the world around us and say, you know what, people, young people are more concerned about making one of the Jenner girls a billionaire, literally donating money to someone who has $999 million to try and get them up to a billion. They care more about things like that than they do about the security of our country, than they do about the government of our country. And as Joseph said there, yeah, there's, there's a portion of the kids who are like that, um, it just seems to be magnified these days, I think, because of social media and the Internet. But there are also people like those 100 young people, and there were many more who wanted to be in D.C. for Boys Nation. The fact that those 100 are over there, uh, that gives me a good feeling that there will still be some people to uh, uh, to pay attention to the important things, yeah. as it were, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, like you said, it's, it's hard to... It's easy for us to say, oh, these kids these days with their hula hoops and Pac-Man video games. But uh, yeah, hula it's hoops. true. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But um, I mean, seeing people this this involved, like when I was a kid, I wasn't involved. I was too busy listening to Metallica and Cannibal Corpse and being broody, right? You know, to be get involved in stuff like this. But I mean, there was an ROTC in my high school, right. and uh, I'm sure there were other programs like this. Had I been made aware of them, I wouldn't have participated, but I would have thought it was kind of cool. And yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really cool. You know, there are a lot of things out there that the VSOs do. The American Legion has Boys Nation, uh, VFW. I can recall from my VFW post up on Long Island where. Uh, we would do like Patriots Pen and Voice of Democracy, these two programs that they have where they give scholarships to kids who write essays. There are 
young people out there who are more involved than I ever was. Now, I was always uh, a news nerd. I always paid attention to what was going on. Um, you know, instead of listening to the the morning radio show where it was all about bodily fluids and sex and stuff, <laughs> I enjoyed Don Imus doing Imus in the morning where he talked to presidents and senators and things like that. So I kind of always paid a little bit more attention than the average kid, but man, not to the level that someone like Joseph there does. This is a kid who obviously knows what he's talking about, wants to be involved in things, has an idea of where he's going with it and what he wants to do. And I'm really glad that that the American Legion has a program for kids like that who, I don't know, I mean, I guess there's that like student UN or model UN or whatever, the student government stuff. Okay, well, student government and model UN are separate. Student government is essentially a popularity contest where yes. kids in high school vote on who the most popular kid is. Whereas... The um, model UN is is really more of, of what we're talking about here with Boys Nation. But Boys Nation is set up and modeled directly on the United States. And it's set up on our political system. And it's not concerned with anything other than how things are supposed to work in the United States and showing them how they can get it to work. Because these are young young people from all sorts of backgrounds. They're not just conservatives they're not just liberals there's going to be a mixture of both of them in there and the fact that the legion brings them each year a hundred of them each year to uh, dc to learn about that stuff and as they said they're going to go on to uh, capitol hill and meet their senators uh joseph pitts of course one of his senators is not on capitol hill right now as he's dealing with illness and john mccain uh, jeff flake though uh will be there I, I assume and their staffs will certainly be there and the fact that they're going to get that sort of face-to-face, ground-level introduction, I think is also a wonderful thing. Because one thing that people don't realize, Jake, I think adults, many adults don't realize, is that, yes, you can come down to Washington, D.C. and essentially go and visit your representatives, your congresspeople, your senators. You can go check them out. I mean, you can you can request to get in with them. You can get a tour of Capitol Hill. You can do all sorts of stuff. These are not just people that you see in photos and on TV. These are real people who represent you, and they answer to you. So you can go and ask them questions. I think it's fantastic that these young folks are going to be able to see that firsthand so early on because it takes some of the um, mystique, the aura of untouchability and kind of separateness that comes along with national-level politics I've now spoken to several senators down here. I've spoken to several Congress members down here. I have yet to speak to the president down here, but we'd love to have him on the show to talk about a number of things. But, you know, being able to see like, oh, hey, when I was in the other day talking to Senator Perdue from Georgia, just a normal guy, man, normal guy who's very electable because he's very personable and (laughs) knows what he's talking about and he's good at doing it. Um, You know, obviously there are certain things that, Anyone who reaches a national level uh, in anything really is going to be very good at. But these are just normal Americans. More than that, they are the employees of the average American. They answer to you so that the Legion has this great program that's teaching those. uh, Jake's giving me a look here. They do. They answer to you. You can go over and talk to them. And it it remains that you can always vote a senator or a congressperson out of office. Now, people don't often do that. They'll just vote for the same guy along party lines or whatever because he's the incumbent. He's going to keep up. He's got a better chance to win. They do answer to us in some way, shape, or form unless we're doing it wrong. And you know what? Oftentimes we are doing yep, it wrong. Yeah, sometimes we are doing it wrong. Because oftentimes we also think, again, that they're just like these these 
almost deity like people like the no that's just a separate the jeff sessions oh he's just he's whatever i think he is he's either you know a, a great attorney general or he's the devil i mean it's one of the, <laughs> one of those two things but again you got to remember these are these are people these are normal generally people who have thoughts and opinions on things and sought to uh to seek office to represent others who have similar opinions on things and you know if you if you come down to Washington DC make an effort to go see some of your representatives or senators and if you are a young person who's interested in doing that kind of thing get involved with Boys State as they just said and then Boys Nation through the American Legion if you're selected as one of the 100 to come to our nation's capital you're going to get to meet you know the movers and shakers down here and it's really a, a fascinating program that's had a fascinating number of people go through it i mean bill clinton dick cheney and michael jordan what do the three of those have in common yeah i know right boys nation wow that's what they have in common not much else other than that all right you're listening to the morning briefing here on intercom radios connecting vets.com connecting vets every day is our slogan and it's what we do be sure to follow us on social media where we are at connecting vets on facebook twitter instagram and youtube Coming up next, Nick Carson, founder and CEO of American Built, is going to talk about entrepreneurship with Morning Briefing Returns. Helping military veterans stay connected. We make it easy. We're CBS Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting vets every day. Online and all over social media. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at ConnectingVets. Welcome back to The Morning Briefing. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer, and ConnectingVets.com is your website, and we mean that. Entercom Radio's ConnectingVets.com is connecting vets every day through a variety of platforms. Audio, you know that. You're listening to this. Video, yep, we've got those. You want to go check out the recent one of Jake Hughes running the Army's new PFD? Uh, Hint, he does not pass. Hint, it is Really great uh, that he didn't pass because it wouldn't be nearly as funny if he did. Uh, we've got that and we've got oh so much more to keep you up to date on all of the things that we think you'd want to know as veterans, the things we think you need to know as veterans and friends of veterans, family of veterans, everybody. And we know of what we speak because each and every member of our team knows what it's like to have worn the uniform and knows what it's like to have taken it off for that last time. 13 years in the Army for Jake, 13 years in the Navy for me and the rest of our team all wore the uniform as well. So go check out ConnectingVets.com now. I'll wait. Okay, no, I'm not going to wait. But follow us on social media where we are at Connecting Vets on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and you'll get updates on what we're doing each and every day. It is now my pleasure to welcome a special guest onto the program. He is a Marine Corps veteran and the founder of American Built Clothing. He is Nick Carson, and he joins us now on The Morning Briefing. Nick, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thanks, Eric, for having me. This is awesome. So before we talk about American-built clothing, let's talk about the founder of that company, which, as you may know, is you. Where are you from? When did you join the Marine Corps? And what did you do while you were serving? Well, um, I'm born and raised in Pocatello, Idaho, and I'm actually a pretty big guy. And, uh, over the years I found out that I actually had a bigger heart for everything that I find that's American made and not to sound crazy or anything like that. But when I look back at things and, uh, the things I've done and experienced from the war in Iraq 
to being wounded, to becoming a sniper in the Marine Corps. Um, and now sitting here talking with you, I realized that um, I can only do these things because of this great country we live in, you know, and I decided with American Boat Clothing that it only made sense that everything I did had to be completely American made, 100%. Well, and that doesn't surprise me for a Marine. And, of course, you served in the Marine Corps for how long? I I did uh, just under four years. I ended up being wounded, so I was medically discharged, honorably discharged from the Marines. Well, there you go. And after four years, that's a long time to do anything, particularly a long time to be a Marine, because as we know from all of our Marine Corps guests, being a Marine is a way of life just a little bit more so than it is in the other branches of services, <laughs> typically. What do you remember about that time period in your life? When you finish up those four years, you take off those fancy pants dress blues that the Marine Corps has and put those away. What do you remember most about that period of time? Well, when I, when I got out of the Marines, um, I went from being a sniper in the Marine Corps to operating at a high level, you know, attention to detail, just very, very in control of my environment or ready to adapt to control the environment. And uh, when I got out, um, that's, that's when the real shell shock happened. And, uh, that was, that just threw me for a world for a world. So, um, when I got out, I, I lived a pretty destructive lifestyle. Um, I did a lot of drinking and bar fighting and things like that. And I really didn't have any hope of doing anything good. So I, uh, I really was just in this bad funk, this dark place that I just could not get out of. And in 2012, uh, my best friend come to me with the idea of American belt clothing. And after doing some research and, uh, he was a veteran also, we, we, we found out that we could start a clothing brand, uh, spread a positive message and keep it a hundred percent American made. And plus, since we we're both veterans, it made it was like a no-brainer for us to do that. When you think back on transitioning from the Marine Corps into your civilian life, what do you think are some of the big lessons learned that you would pass on to someone else who's either heading towards that time in their life or maybe going through it right now? Yeah, I I think the biggest mistake I did is I thought I could get out just work some odd jobs, take some time off, relax, you know, kind of do things for myself. And that actually ended up being the worst for me. I, that time off and that, that time of not doing things and relaxing, that was, that was the worst for me mentally. So I, I recommend staying busy, you know, and, and start surrounding yourself with, with family and friends and, and also staying in touch with your military buddies, things like that, you know, keep, keep going and it, it just helps to stay out of that dark that dark when you got too much time to think that's the worst who do you think has the most time to think do you think that's something that the the retiree or the the disabled veteran or is it really all of us when we get out can get into that point where where we just we are overthinking things not doing enough doing you know yeah i mean i I would say from my perspective, you know, being a disabled veteran, you know, you have a little bit of disability money. So, you know, you're a little bit more comfortable financially and I'm sure being retired um, as just getting out with, 
with no financial stability, um, that might not be a bad thing, you know, just because it's forcing you to have to, to figure out, well, what am I going to do for my next, my next, you know, how am I going to pay my bills this next month? Things like that. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but when, when you got that financial stability and, and not really knowing what to do and, Oh, I, I worked hard for four years or, or 12 years or 20 years, 25 years. And I, now I need some time off that, that to me, I think is a mistake. We're speaking with Nick Carson. Nick is a Marine Corps veteran and the founder of AmericanBuiltUSA.com. That's the website we can go to find American Built's products. So you've talked a little bit about it already, but what what happened that made you decide to want to go into business for yourself and to choose this specific business? Was there a particular day or incident that you can recall where you made the decision to start American Built? Well, yeah, um, in 2012, my best friend came to me with the idea of American Built Clothing. And uh, when I heard the words American Built, they they really stuck with me. They they really mean something to me. And every time I tell myself, you know, I'm American Built, I, I get the feeling that I'm a part of something greater than myself. And that's what, that's what I needed to help get me out of that funk after getting out of the military, uh, just to being part of something greater than myself and um like i said me and me and my buddy were both veterans and proud americans and we hated buying things that were made overseas so we took american belt clothing and and ran with it when it comes to entrepreneurship one of the things that people it seems often have is a general idea but they don't maybe have trouble coming up with a name for the idea or coming up with the marketing for it american built to me just from an outsider's perspective seems kind of genius because it's a slogan that seems familiar you know like american made american built but it's actually the name of the product line what was that part yeah. of the decision making and calling it that that kind of it, it clicks with people right away doesn't it oh absolutely you you instantly get connected and that's what drew draw me in um that the words when it went like i said when you say those words i just i get goosebumps i get this this feeling that i am i i i, I feel like i'm a part of something that's that's more than just me and I mean, I, I think I, I think I think you just you feel the connection, and that that's who I target. That's who I want to connect with. And and when I see people wearing American Belt clothing, you know, I I am instantly connected to them, and I know that we're on the same page and that we're like minded. We're speaking with Nick Carson, Marine Corps veteran and founder of American Built. Now, Nick, of course, this is radio. It's not your website that I'm looking at right now where I can uh, see the pictures and see what American Built makes and what it's all about. If uh, a stranger walks up to you on the streets of Pocatello, Idaho, and says, hey, I hear you're the founder of American Built. Tell me what American Built is. What do you guys do? What do you make? What would you say to that person? Well, um, I tell them I'm a Marine on a mission to provide truly American-made clothing. And when I, when I use the words truly, I mean it. You know, the cotton in the shirts, the making of the shirts, the inks, the equipment we use, and all of us doing the work, we're all American-made. And we provide high-quality T-shirts, tank tops, hooded sweatshirts, hats, decals, you know, accessories, things like that. 
and we we keep growing every every month, every day, every year. <laughs> you know, it's neat. That is a good thing. Now, of course, uh, as you said, American built is clothing. What would you say the style of American built is, and and who is the average consumer for your company? The average targeted customer. Um, patriots, uh, proud Americans, uh, people that are are not afraid. Uh, to say they're proud Americans and live in this great country. Um, you know, people that are red, white, and blue, you know, I mean, there's, there's no sense in, you know, being shy about being a patriotic American. That's who I target. And people that, that appreciate buying American made stuff. You know, I got designs that are, that are a little more simple and conservative. And then I got the busier designs for people that, you know, like to be a little more extreme. I, I can cover it all. Right. And that's, uh, you know, the interesting thing about the style that I noticed is there's a variety. There are, again, there's one that is uh, a T-shirt with the uh, the Pledge of Allegiance with the words making out the shape of the American flag. And then you've also got one, I believe it's called the Knuckle Dragger, that's got American belt with some brass knuckles down below it. Was that intentional <laughs> to have a variety of products to appeal to a wider audience? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that divides people and my mission is to bring everybody together, you know, regardless of race or political views or whatever. And, and, and in order to do that, you have to appeal to the masses, you know, like I said, the conservative stuff, the busier stuff. Um, you could go to the MMA world, you could go to motorcycle rides, you could go to, um, car shows you know you can go anywhere and appeal to people and i mean I, I go to just regular county fairs here in idaho and you wouldn't believe the people that just just love what love what i'm doing love what love what we're all about and want to join the american built movement Nick, one of those questions that I, I have to ask people who work in the entrepreneurial field is, were you ever worried about the fact that there are quite a few veteran-owned apparel and t-shirt companies out there, or was that not something that you were too concerned with when you decided to start the company? Well, when we decided to start the company, there, there was other brands out there, and we've seen them growing and growing really, really fast. Um, we we kind of tiptoed into it and that was probably another mistake I made. We, we just did it part time for about three years, just doing fairs here and there and, you know, just kind of having fun with it. And in 2015, I finally decided that American built needed a lot more time and effort put into it. So I, I did buy my business partner out and I've been running with it full time ever since. But one thing that separates me from everybody else is that I, I target a different market. A lot of people that throw me into the veteran brands out there, those brands target veterans. You know, they, they might have um, a little bigger audience and things like that with the, with the veteran crowd, but I stick to the American made, you know, I want true proud Americans and some of the most patriotic people I know are not veterans. Yeah. So I, I don't want to exclude them.
That's interesting, too. I think that there are some in the, the veteran entrepreneurial space who target specifically veterans, but it sounds like you think it's a good idea, and I think if uh, just on basic numbers and math, it would be a good idea to target just uh, the, the population in general. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. We're Americans, you know, regardless of of race or political views or anything. we we got to stick together. We're in this crazy world together, and why 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 be divided? Certainly makes sense, and it comes from a Marine Corps veteran. Nick Carson is the founder of American Built, CEO of the company as well. You know, Nick, when you, I'm sure you have people reaching out to you like, hey, I've got a great idea for a T-shirt. Can I sell you this design? Or someone who wants to start their own company selling uh, apparel or start their own business doing something else. What are the big pieces of advice you would give to an entrepreneur veteran out there who's looking to get something off the ground? ask for help. That has been the biggest thing. Um, I, when I first went into this, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I got to solve the problems myself. I got to figure it out on my own. You know, I'm in this, you know, I, I can't ask anybody for help because then I look weak or, you know, trying to swallow my pride kind of thing. And once I started asking for help and realizing that I can't do everything and, I don't have all the strengths needed. Um, that was that was a game changer. I started bringing on the people that that were specialized in certain areas that I was weak in, and um, we we just been rolling, <laughs> you know. And um, it's just I I I don't have a problem when somebody comes to me and they they have questions about they want to start their own clothing brand or they have this t-shirt idea. I'm glad to give out free advice and just help because I went into this whole business with zero experience in business, let alone experience in owning a clothing brand. So I've learned everything the hard way. And, you know, I, I don't want to see somebody else go through that. I want to see them get, get through things, especially other veterans, get through things and become successful fast. We're speaking with the founder and CEO of American Built, a clothing company, veteran-owned but not veteran-focused, as he said. Nick, when you look at what's happened with American Built, and you've talked about how things have been uh, speeding up rapidly recently, where do you think this goes? Where do you want it to go? What are your plans for the future of American Built? Those are great questions, and what I want to do is I want to I've, I've built such a solid foundation for the business, bringing on people and making sure it can handle volume and handle large contracts and the demand and things like that. And I've, I've juggled it all along the way to not grow too fast and still be able to handle everything that's coming. So what I want to do is I want to pick up some large retailers that we've actually been working on. Um, I don't want to start name dropping just, right now but you'll know about them as soon as as soon as they happen they're they're businesses you that are very well known and i'd also like to pick up some some large contracts right from some of these businesses um i already have some good sized contract contracts in idaho utah wyoming uh, a little bit in the nevada and things like that but you know we're american built so that's that means we need to be focused more nationwide 
when you talk about things like that, those large scale contracts getting into on the large retail uh, chains that are across the country, there are probably people out there with an entrepreneurial idea who have no idea how to even go about starting to do that. So how does that actually work? How do you get in touch with those large retailers or someone that you're you're hoping to get a contract with? What's that process been like for you? Well, it's it's all about who you know. <laughs> and you need to start building relationships with people that get you to where you want to go. You need to surround yourself with uh, people that know what they're doing and, and know other people. The, the, the bigger you build your network, the easier it is to meet people. And I can't tell you how many times I've been referred to people. And, and then I have, you know, I'm talking to the top people in some of these companies and, and, and doing great, doing really well. So build the network. And then honestly, LinkedIn, I've, I've made some great contacts through LinkedIn and, uh, um, I continue to go and, and, and plug away at that. So get some LinkedIn training, ask for help, build your network, you know, and, you know, build a good reputation. You know, I, I've, Early on, you know, I, I was making mistakes, but I always made it right with the customer, and I, I still do. You know, I, I do not want anybody to give me a bad review or, or, or you know, say anything bad about my company. So build that solid reputation. Be a man of your word or a woman of your word, and, you know, stick to it. Building a solid reputation and building a foundation, those seem to be the two uh, building blocks that successful companies have in common. I mean, I can just think recently we talked to the guys from Assault Forward who they're all uh, guys, with, they have their MBAs. They all have their MBA and they made one initial investment on their first batch of little lapel pins and since then apparently haven't had to put any more money back into the company. Do you think that planning and making sure that you don't overextend yourself is something that not enough people do, that some of these businesses that you know may may burn out quickly or may uh, have had a good idea but don't get the opportunity to bring it to fruition because they just went a little bit too big too fast. Absolutely, um, I I was selling T-shirts out of my garage up until you know a year ago, and the thing is is that that was low overhead, you know, and and when I first started this business, I was also printing the shirts and selling and doing everything. And, you know, if, if you grow too fast or you jump into this expensive overhead building and all this and that, you can't adjust to the mistakes that are going to happen. You know, there's, there's things that happen that you can't plan for. I don't care who you are. So you just have to be able to free up. And, and I've learned over time that, you know, cash is king, in my opinion. You've got to have money on hand in order to jump on some good deals, some good opportunities. And if you got, you know, a bunch of money stuck into a building and inventory and things like that, you can't really adjust and, and, and fly. That is certainly wise advice. And coming from a man who knows what he's talking about, the founder and CEO of American Built, Marine Corps veteran Nick Carson. Nick, if people want to find out more about American Built, or if there's a fellow veteran out there who maybe has a question for you, what's the best way for them to go about, one, finding out about your company and products, and two, uh, getting in touch with you? Yeah, uh, check out our website, AmericanBuiltUSA.com, and stay in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just uh, search us, American Belt Clothing. You'll you'll see us, 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're all in this together and I do need opinions and feedback. And if you do have questions, you can ask and you can get a hold of us through there. Uh, we also, um, we're always coming out with amazing giveaways, new designs, things like that. I, I recently just gave away a thousand dollars and, uh, the way people got entered for that was every $10 you spent on American belt clothing, you got a ticket in the drawing for our giveaway. I've, I've given away some amazing things over the years. So not only do you get a quality American belt shirt, um, you get a chance to win some awesome stuff for free online, AmericanBeltUSA.com. Well, there you go. That's the website and he's the man behind it. Nick Carson, Marine Corps veteran, founder and CEO of American built. Thank you so much for joining us today on the morning briefing. We appreciate your time, brother. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And that just about does it for this edition of the Morning Briefing. Jake, what do you think of the show today? Pretty good? I thought we did a really good job. But I then I guess okay. I'm a little biased, seems as, you know, I'm on the show. But That's hey. true. Well, our thanks, of course, to the American Legion uh, Boys Nation taking place this week here in our nation's capital. We spoke to Dale Barnett, past national commander of the Legion, and Joseph Pitts, one of the young men taking part in Boys Nation, all the way in from Arizona, uh, left the dry desert of Arizona to the uh, basically wet swamp of dc <laughs> this is this is one time where i'm i'm chanting drain the swamp because my god this water uh it's just everywhere but whether it's rain or shine our team at connectingvets.com is working hard every day to get you the news the information the cool stuff that we think you should want to know about that we think you need to know about and you can find it all at ConnectingVets.com. ConnectingVets.com is your website created by veterans for veterans. Right now, some top stories on the page. President Trump getting political at the VFW National Convention. New benefits in my backyard for New Mexico. Jake's article on the absolute best from San Diego Comic-Con. Benefits in my backyard, Mississippi. That one's fairly new up there, too. And then, uh, let's see, we've got a very odd video featuring... Matt Sainsing wearing his pineapple suit about the history Ugh. of pineapples in the U.S. military. New article about Sean Springs, who we talked to uh, just yesterday about his wind-packed helmet technology and the amazing things that he's doing uh, to try and prevent TBIs and concussions, which affect not just his fellow football players, but also another community he's very close to, the military community, because Sean Springs despite being a big football fan and knowing exactly who he was. I mean, this is a former All-Pro and Pro Bowler, played for the Seahawks for many years, the Redskins. He's a military brat. His mom served in the Army, retiring from the National Guard. It's one of those things that you learn, and it's one of those things we find at ConnectingVets.com. On behalf of myself, your host, Eric Dame, and producer, Jake Hughes, thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Briefing today. We'll be back tomorrow with more great veteran-focused news, information, and maybe even a little bit of entertainment. Have a great day. Helping military veterans stay connected. We make it easy. We are CBS Radio's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting vets every day. Online and all over social media. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at ConnectingVets. Baseball is
is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.